Welcome to OSSB Inside and Out, a podcast about staff member and alumni experiences at the Ohio State School for the Blind. Each week, we interview someone from the Ohio State School for the Blind about their experiences. Now, here's your host, Brendan Hamblin. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, I have Macy McLean, a graduate of OSSB. And what year did you graduate, Macy? I graduated, technically I graduated in 2009, but because of the Tournament of Roses Parade, I was able to stay an extra year, and I officially got my diploma in 2010. A little confusing, I know, but um, I walked in 2009, had my graduation party, but actually got my real diploma in 2010. Aha, so they let you stay for the Tournament of Roses Parade. Yeah, that wasn't the only reason why I wanted to stay. Um, I also just decided to take um, an extra year, and it was a really good decision for me because in high school I had seizures a lot, and that hurt my grades and my academics. Um, And also, too, I did not do as well as I wanted to the first time on the ACT, so um, I took that extra year to really raised my score up a lot, which was fantastic. And then um, I also passed some more sections of the OGT and got some more help with that, which was really, 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 really great. So all in all, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good year, (laughs) even though it was an extra year. (laughs) Well, at least it was a good year. That, that always helps. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No kidding. So you started at OSSB what year? I believe it was 2001. So I think I was barely, barely 11. I, I had turned 11 on September 19th, 2001. So going in, I think it was like, usually school starts at the end of August. Right. So I was 10. And then my fifth grade year was 2001. And um, I started um, going on. 10 going on 11, so. Aha. Uh-huh. So you were yeah. there for a good while. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So are there anything, any memories or events? I know you were at the Tournament of Roses Parade. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else other than the Tournament of Roses Parade that sticks out in your mind? You can touch on the Tournament of Roses Parade if you want. I would, yeah. wouldn't mind. Yeah, of course. Um, oh, man, you're making me think. And you're showing my age, too. <laughs> this is bad. Um, <laughs> so my memory is about the same there. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, definitely the Rose Parade, which I'll touch on in just a second. Um, I know just... I think the biggest thing for me was my mother and I had gone and this was before I started attending OSSB and we had just sat in the classes of the, I believe it was the third and fourth grade. And um, so apparently from what my mom had said in an article that she wrote, which I would be happy to send you if I can find it and uh, you can put a link to that in the show notes. Um, but she had said in that article that I had seemed to be 
academically above everyone in that grade. So we visited the fifth and sixth grade class and we just kind of got the lay of the land of how OSSB works and how the School for the Blind you know, operates and what they do and how they manage everything from um, house parents, house, house parents, um, the cottage life, activities, um, things like that. My mom has heard countless horror stories before we even decided to take a trip down to Columbus. And we also had to rework some of our plans. Uh, so for example, um, I was not a day student because I live in Bell Fountain and that's an hour west of Columbus. Right. So my schedule, how it ended up working was I never went to the school on Sunday evenings and came home on Friday. So what I did, and I think this happened throughout my whole time at the school pretty much, was um, my mom's best friend lives in my town, but she worked in Columbus at the time. And so she would take me to school on Monday morning and get me there for breakfast at 7.30, I think it was. I don't yeah. know if it's still 7.30. Um, um, it w- used to be 7.30. I don't know if it is anymore. Well, granted, right now, kids are all at home, so. Yeah, that's true. So it's when kind I, of a moot point because of the pandemic. Right. When I graduated, it was still 7.30, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's been like that for a while. So um, I would get there at around 7.30 for breakfast, um, and then... I would stay until Wednesday afternoon and how my mom worked it out was that she would come, she would get off of work at around two or two 30 and then come straight to Columbus to pick me up. I would come home on Wednesday, um, get up at like, Oh, dark 30 in the morning on Thursday where my dad would drop me off before going to work. I've been there. And done then, that. yeah. <laughs> and then I would come home on Friday. So this means I would spend, at least um, two nights at home, uh, um, three nights at home, or three nights at the school rather than the traditional Sunday through Thursday. Right. Um, which was nice because I got to see my family and got to do a bunch of stuff. So it was good. I think I didn't like it at first. Actually, honestly, I mean, what kid doesn't like getting up early? <laughs> so right. um, I didn't. I didn't like it for that reason, but it turned out really, really well. And um, I think it was a good system now that I'm older and I think about it more. Because, you know, lots of people are, are day students at the school and other people are just like, oh, I'm going to just stay from Sunday to Thursday. And nothing wrong with whatever plan you had. Right. Um, exactly. Also, too, I just, yeah, I think one of the uh, memories that I have I don't know if this is a good memory or a bad memory. You can ask Dan Kelly, (laughs) but (laughs) I was, I had just started at the school. I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, one of the two. And I had Mr. Kelly and he got on me because I would not follow directions. And so he would always like yell at me to follow directions. And like for the longest time, I hated his guts. I wanted nothing to do with him. Like nothing. He was super impatient, like everything. So, but honestly, it was really good because my school district back home did not have the tools um, or the people knowledgeable enough to help me learn the technology that I had at the time, which was a Braille light and other things like that and a computer. I had to relearn how to type. 
because my typing was atrocious. Right. <laughs> I remember using Talking Typer, which I thought that was the worst program. It was like, use this thumb to strike this, or use this uh, index finger to strike the J key. And I'm like, that's nice, but which one is that? <laughs> you know? Right. I just, it just didn't, typing ASDF, Simple. just with monotonous frequency, it was just, it was just a lot. It's just like, ASDF, okay, great. Do that a billion more times. And then you're going to do something else. <laughs> right. I couldn't do it. Like, I would just, I would rip my hair out now. <laughs> but, um, but no, the technology was fantastic. Um, thankfully, I was a Braille reader, and still am. Um, but they had, they had, and still have, great Braille. And I was very lucky to be in a school that had good Braille everywhere. And um, so that was really, really good for me. Um, yeah, just lots of different things. Um, sports was big. I remember I did not want to do forensics, which is public speaking. Right. And um, that was really good for me. My parents kind of forced me to do certain things that I really did not want to do. Like, I didn't know I wanted to track. Um, I hate running, personally. Me too. Um, I, I can yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. And I was more of a long-distance runner, so when I did track, I didn't do things like the 60-meter dash. No, no, no. I did the 1,200 co-ed tandem one year. Um, I did an 800 uh, girls tandem with a Class C, and I was Class A. Right. Um, I did the uh, 1,200... Uh, on the wires, so that's like 10 laps, I think it is. Uh, I did uh, triple jump, long jump, three con a little bit, which is the three consecutive jump. Right. Um, I never really did shot put, nothing like that. So, um, yeah, I was definitely more of a long-distance runner than just a sprinter, which in some ways I kind of liked that a little better because I felt like I could pace myself rather than just like, Oh, you're going to go out for 60 meters and then you're done. Right. Um, but at the same time it was just grueling. Like I hated it. But, um, but yeah. And then, you know, forensics, I didn't really want to do it. I just, I felt like it, it just was not a good fit for me, but it actually ended up really helping me a lot because, um, through forensics, I was able to grow as a public speaker and just as a speaker in general. I'm, I'm a very opinionated person. And chances are, if you tell me not to do something, I will probably do it anyway just to <laughs> prove a point. Um, and I, I hate... Under, I can understand but on the flip that. Side, yeah, but on the flip side, I'm also like very... not very confrontational. And so <laughs> it kind of just is really hard for me, but at the same time, I think that forensics has really helped me to be a better advocate for myself and be more assertive. And um, Dan Kelly was my coach uh, starting out, which was awesome. And I remember reading something by Walter Mitty. I can't remember what it was, but it was really, really cool. It was really fun. I really liked the humorous prose category. That was a lot of fun. I actually um, placed uh, first one year throughout um, of conference and got this charter award and then in 2007 I think it was 2006 or 2007 I was um, outstanding forensic speaker for my school and um, it was fantastic I really I really grew from that I as a person who didn't want to do it I really understood the importance of public speaking and how 
forensics can play just a small part in that. And right. um, I thought that was really, really good. I also really liked swimming when Mrs. Shaw was still the swim coach. Um, she really got me to face the block and dive off the block rather than the side of the pool, even though I was like scared out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also a long distance swimmer for the most part. I did the 200. I did the 500. I hated the 500. I just, like I hated it. The 200, that wasn't that bad. 500, no, I hated it. I had to do the 100 butterfly, which I also hated because as we all know, I don't know if these rules still apply for NCASB or whatever they're using nowadays. I believe but, it's still NCASB, yeah. Yeah, um, but you have to touch the wall at exactly the same time with both of your hands, otherwise you get disqualified. Hmm. So... I don't know if they're have, they have to be in the same placement, but um, that was really interesting. And then just, you know, all the memories of just the trips, um, even the stupid ones where I got caught by Jeff Shaw once when I had my cell phone. And um, he yelled at me and told me to take it inside and put it in my locker when I couldn't call my family. And um, we were going to like Tennessee or something. And that was horrible. <laughs> That's Mr. Um, Shaw but- for you. Oh, man. And even just like vending. Vending was fun. Like, I think my favorite part of it was working in the canteen. Like, that was the best. Stocking the shelves? No. Working in the canteen. Every time we told me, I'm like, yes, yes, I get to open the canteen. But there's like no one to uh, help because like everyone was either in class or something like that. So it was just, it was fun. Do they still have that at the school, by the way? Yeah. It's in the new building by the front office. Obviously, it's not in the old oh. building. They still use the old canteen for the... Well, they used to use the old canteen for the concerts. <laughs> when we had concerts, which may be yes. a thing of the past now, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, even just like memories at the cottages, just all the different activities, going to the mall. Um, I loved I loved going to like places like Easton, um, where... Uh, Erica Cooper at the time Mm -hmm. she was a youth leader and she's really sweet and I really like her a lot I miss her and just a bunch of other people like we would all like go to different places and I would always want to go to Starbucks and just like hang out (laughs) I understand all this other stuff like hey let me venture out on my own you know right so that was fun um oh man just having bonding time in the cottages like I made so many good friendships with girls even just Older girls, I remember this girl named Rhonda. Um, she's married now, but at the time her name was Rhonda Garrison, and she would always help me with my math. And um, it was just really sweet. Um, just lots of people that were like in the varsity choir that just as an elementary kid, I just kind of looked up to, and I just thought they were the best things in sliced bread. <laughs> right. Um, having English with Mrs. Wilson, I miss her. I'm so glad that she's still around. English with um, Mrs. Wilson was the best best i know i know and even just like having outside talks uh when i found out that she was a christian and she really was instrumental in my faith and just even just in the school that did separation of church and state oh man i remember countless times with miss boyce in her office looking at college applications act accommodations her reading tests to me Oh man, so many, so many things. I remember hanging out with Ann Poluski and just her 
writing letters of recommendation for me for college placements, um, having her help me with certain things. Um, just a lot of just a lot of different things. There are too many memories, some good and some bad, but they all shape um, how I learned. And in some ways, I wish I could go back to some of them and just go to the school and ask questions. Like, for example, um, I took a very, very difficult math class this, uh, this past fall. And a lot of it was like geometry and a bunch of things. And I just wish I had Miss Thayer. Well, now she's Miss Moore, but she's right. been Mrs. Moore for a while. Yeah. Um, I just wish I had her and like her little shapes that she would bring out and just that would just be able to help me out a lot. And uh, I just kind of miss that. I miss having the people that, or at least some of the teachers that I could, you know, ask for support and things like that. But I know that I'm still good friends with some of them, like Mr. Kelly and Mrs. Wilson and Mrs. Agler and just a bunch of other people who I know that will have my back and I'll have theirs as well, which is really, really great. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. Let's touch base on the Rose Parade. That was a big deal for us, or for the marching band and the school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what happened, and <laughs> how did that trip all go? Um. So do you want me to start at the very beginning when we got the call, or do you want me to start when like, we got to California, I'll let you decide. <laughs> oh man. Um so my recollections on some of this stuff is a little shady at this point because I wrote down I kept a journal at some point about my experiences and what was going on and I've written several thank you letters um to people that have supported us with fundraising and just a bunch of other things. Right. Um so I just remember being in the gym one day. I think it was for some sort of a pep rally. And I remember hearing that we were going to the Rose Parade. I couldn't hear all of it because it was on speaker and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Right. Um, but I know we were all really, really excited. And that really was a great moment for all of us. And I know some people thought, oh, they just picked us because we're blind. And growing up, with people that did not think that we were amazing and inspirational in an organization that believes in the capacities of blind people. I just felt like this was not true. And I just think that, okay, they picked us because not just because we're blind, but because we have something to show people that just because we're blind, we can do things that we are, out in our communities, we can make differences in people's lives going above being an inspiring person on TV. And um, just having that attitude really kind of helped shape, shape my experience. Um, so I really, I really appreciated it. And all, all of the people that helped, whether, whether it was through fundraising or um, contributions like marching assistants and people that just really made it what it was. Um, I just want to thank you guys. I know it's 10 years after, 
but <laughs> that shouldn't matter. Your contributions of any kind do not go unnoticed. Right. And so it was really, it was really fun. I had the pleasure of having Laura Smith as my marching assistant. So that was really cool. And she's still and with the marching band. So that's, <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> that's yeah. dedication. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I think we've had several talks about music education and where she went to school and it'd be great to just catch up with her again. I mean, I've, it's been a, wa- a while since I've helped at the band camp. And I think that would be really, really good if I could um, go and just see everyone again. And I, I don't know when that's going to happen, though. Right. Um, Nobody does. Not anytime soon, obviously, with this pandemic. But right. um, I just don't know with my future and everything with graduating and all that stuff. Right. But no, the Rose Parade was really cool. I was really happy to get to be a part of any and all of it. I think the best part for me, besides the parade itself was Bandfest, but it was a certain part of it. When all four bands got together to play Beautiful Ohio, that was honestly a surreal moment. Um, just all of this energy and the spirit of our Buckeye State, it's just, it was just really, really powerful. And I really, I just, I loved it. It was fantastic. Not to mention, I was the only piccolo player in a whole like sea of brass which was really cool (laughs) (laughs) so i could be kind of the odd one out which was awesome um but no it was it was really cool just to have all four bands from ohio representing the buckeye state making that whole state proud i just it was really really fun Uh, my parents went they weren't able to see me a lot just because it was more expensive for them to do what we were doing right um but it was really, really cool. Um, everything was great. The Rose Parade was really good. Um, it rained a lot. I wish the weather would have cooperated a bit more, and I wish it would have been a little warmer. But um, it was good. Staying up was not the greatest. Um, the I... California time at the time was not very good. The last time I was in the Pacific time zone was this past summer in July when I went to Las Vegas and that was hard on my body. <laughs> so Your body um, had to readjust. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all in all, it was just a really great experience. I can't highlight one event because everything was just really, really good. And, um, just from the parade itself to getting, um, in and out burgers, which are so amazing. So amazing. I've heard that. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, they're so good. They're so much better than McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> what's I not, mean, anything what, better than McDonald's? Uh, let's, that's what let's I was going to say. What's not better than McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Wendy's, no, is, it was, it was Wendy's is better uh, than getting, McDonald's. Yes, <laughs> getting to see the flows as they, as they were being made, um, going to Universal Studios in California. It was just, everything was really great. Even just getting Starbucks with Aaron Barkis and just all the crazy things and people telling me to drink water to be hydrated when all I wanted was coffee and just being (laughs) a rebellious, oh, how old was I? Almost 19? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) But no, it was, it was really fun. Um, Yeah, it was really good. And the cool, I think one of the coolest things on the way back was 
I got a first class seat and I didn't have to pay for it, which was awesome. So it was uh-huh. really cool. It was me and another marching assistant and um, got the extra leg room. And I'm like, wow, this is like fantastic. It was just, it was nice. I don't have that luxury anymore because first class tickets are very expensive. So I can imagine. But no, all in all, it was a great, it was a great experience. And I wish I could do it again. I wish I could have gone to the Washington parade or March in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Although I went there, I don't know if we'll ever go back because it was freezing. Um, but it that, was cool. That's My new dad was just like, yeah, we're not doing that again. <laughs> that's New York in uh, November for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. But I love New York. Wouldn't want to live there because of the astronomical expense of it all. But right, it's really great. I've got friends all over New York. And we were the only marching band to get a tour of how the uh, floats for the Pasadena Rose Parade were made or put together. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that was right because since everything was all visual, it just made sense that um, we were able to see that type of stuff. Right. And you know, back then we didn't have things like Be My Eyes or Ira or you know, anything like that. I didn't even have an iPhone at the time. Right. So, um, no, it, it was cool to just see how everything was made. And I had a program of all of the floats and all the different things for the whole tournament of roses parade in 2010 that came from the, uh, Braille Institute in Los Angeles. I don't know where that is because when I had gotten it, we were living in a different house and we moved four years later. So I don't know what that is. And I wonder if maybe I could call them and say, Hey, do you guys still have this? If so, can you emboss it and I'll pay for it or something? Right. It's just, it would just be a really nice memento because all the things I volunteer at now, it's like, Hey, you want a print program? And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Like, yeah, I'll read it, but I'm not going to be able to keep it. Right. Um, so that Braille thing was really cool. I know I read that through a, a couple of times. It was really fun. If I remember right, OSSB had large print and Braille versions of the program all over the place. After yeah, after we yeah, after I, the band got back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they had large print. I know I got Braille since I don't read large print. I, for those who don't know my eye, eye condition, I have retinopathy of prematurity, and um, I don't have any functional vision. I have a little bit of light perception, but it doesn't really help with anything like crossing a street or anything like that. So um, I am a Braille reader and a technology user and things like that. And I don't use things like large print or magnification. Right. I'm, I've got the same disease you do and I've got vision in left eye in my left eye and none in my right. So. Okay. That's it. So. Since graduating, what all have you been up to? <laughs> Sounds like there's so, a plethora, oh, plethora of stuff that you've been involved with and what have you. Yeah. So um, after graduating, I went to Wright State University for about a year and a quarter at the time because at the time they were on quarter systems. They didn't right. switch to the semester system until 2012. Um, I decided to major in music education. Um, That last year that I talked about, 
um, staying that extra year at OSSB certainly helped. Um, but I know for a lot of things, I still didn't know what I was getting myself into. Right. Um, not to say that it wasn't a good experience because it was, but also at the same time, uh, Wright State wanted me to learn braille music and I didn't really have a very good set of teachers that really kind of showed me, Hey, this is what you need to do. Like, this is what this means. I know I had taken lessons with Don Haynes when I was younger, but I don't know if I really progressed in that area. Um, so I did that for a while and didn't do as well as I wanted, unfortunately. Um, I also just had a lot of different experiences, bad roommates and things like that. Um, and so I ended up leaving for a while. Um, I didn't return, but, um, that's understandable. So I did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe this is not what I should be doing. I don't really know. There's nothing else that I would rather do besides teaching um, music because music is a universal language. Right. And studies have shown that people who play music are more likely to do well in academics than someone who doesn't. And just a lot of different factors. And so that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do music, music education besides just teaching it and just getting the enjoyment aspect out of it. Um, so after Wright State, I took a little bit of time off. And then in 2013, I went to the Louisiana Center for the Blind, which is a training center, one of three training centers affiliated with an organization that I've been involved in since about 1993 called the National Federation of the Blind. Uh -huh. And they teach LCB and the other training centers teach the philosophy of the organization. And um, so I went to that from about February, mid-February until November of 2013. I graduated and still was kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. I had thought about going into the field of information technology because I love computers and I'm a nerd and everything like that. And when I was at LCB, I had an instructor and he was very nice, very technical, very, very smart. Um, and I was studying at the time for my, uh, one of the Cisco certifications. Um, I can't remember which one. I think it was a networking one or something like that. And so I was reading all the materials and I just had a bunch of questions and my instructor would explain things in such a way that it was really, really technical. Right. And so I just asked him to try to explain it in a simpler way, because if I don't understand something in a way that someone explains it, it's just easier for me to try to think of it in a different way and try to apply it to something in a real life context. Right. So I asked him to, and I felt like he just didn't do a very good job at that. And some teachers are good at that and some aren't and nothing against him for that. Um, and, you know, I would ask him a question about certain things and he would just tell me, figure it out. And so I just felt like I did not want to do something if I was not getting the proper instruction and in how to um, do something like IT. Um, also, I was looking at certain colleges, uh, community colleges, and a couple of just universities, and a lot of them had said that you have to have a lot of math re 
prerequisites. And I've always struggled with math. I'm not good at math at all. Me neither. And so, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't know if it's a spatial thing or just some people are just blessed with mathematical abilities. I'm not. So Me neither. you would think that I should be because I'm musical, but that doesn't really, I don't know. Right. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know how it works so, either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me either. So I kind of scrapped the IT idea and I decided, well, I don't know if I want to do music head. Performance is really hard because you kind of have to know a bunch of people and, you know, I don't want to go into debt right. for a degree that I can't really use. At the time, I wasn't thinking about going into debt anyway. Um, so I had just decided after a phone conversation in November with my dad that I just, we both decided that worship would be a good um, avenue. He's like, you know, you're good with people. You love people. You sing really well. You play really well, all these different things. And so I'm like, okay. And so I reached out on Facebook and I'm like, anyone have any good colleges in Ohio? I don't really want to go anywhere else. And so people had given me some good schools in Ohio and surrounding areas like Kentucky. And uh, a few people had said Cedarville, Cedarville University. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, okay. And the year before in 2000 and I think it's 11 or 12, I was at a women's retreat with me and one of my friends and she had went, she was going to Sinclair community college at the time. Okay. And um, somebody was telling us about Cedarville and I looked at somebody, I looked at the person and I'm like, what's Cedarville? Can you tell me more? I'm kind of interested. And they're like, Oh, it's a Christian university. And I'm like, why would I want to go to a Christian university are we back in the civil rights movement? What are we doing? Why should I have to go to a segregated school? Like, is this like black versus white drinking fountains now? Like, what is this? Like, are you serious? I mean, and at the time, I didn't really know much about Christian education. And so I'd grown up like going to church and doing all the right things and going through the motions and everything. And, you know, my, my parents they're not religious people by any stretch and they admit that and they they're kind of I don't want to say nominal Christians but they go like on Christmas sometimes or Easter or things like that but they just really wanted me to go to church because they wanted their daughter to have these experiences and use her talents right. um in just a good way maybe not a way that glorifies God? I mean, that was what I had hoped for later, but I don't think they were thinking that way. Um, so I found out more about Cedarville and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to go, like, if they're private, there are going to be more, like, I could pay less and go somewhere else. But then I'm thinking, well, it's a worship degree. It's not like it's an engineering degree where you can go to a school that you can actually afford and pay for it. Right. So... I was also looking at court reporting and I just, I'm, I like arguing, but I don't honestly see myself going into law school or becoming a lawyer because law school is extremely expensive. And 
yes, court reporters make way more than a worship leader, but I just didn't want to have a job just because of the money factor. Um, My dad's an accountant, so he really kind of emphasizes um, the importance of being financially secure and having a comfortable lifestyle. Um, So I decided to apply to Cedarville initially, and I didn't get in, which was frustrating, but I wasn't shocked. My GPA from Wright State wasn't as good either. Um, So I decided, okay, maybe I should go to a community college and raise my GPA and see what's going to happen. So I enrolled at Clark State Community College in Springfield, which if you're going to do anything before you go to a university, I would highly recommend going to some sort of a community college. At first, when I started going there, I'm like, this is for dumb people. Like, I'm smarter than this. And boy, was I proved wrong. (laughs) Right. You Um, had all those misleading thoughts and doubts and what have you. Yeah, all the misconceptions and myths about community college. Right. And um, it was really cheap on my wallet. And it was just, it was good. The only thing I would say, and I don't know if anything has changed since I've been at Clark State, is because they are a community college, their disabilities office was not as good as I had hoped. And I don't know if it's just because they don't get as much funding or they just have a smaller budget. I, I mean, it could be a number of things. I don't want to blame it on somebody, but I know the um, the director of the Office of Accessibility Services, which it was called at the time, I don't know what it is now, Right. Um, who unfortunately no longer works there. <laughs> um, he was really, really good. Um, and the fact that he had a disability was really, really great too. Um, he has CP and he has crutches and he runs like five miles a day and he's crazy and He's really nice and he's very political and just everything. So I think he really tried his best to give me the accommodations I needed. I really had to push hard from some book publishers in order to get um, approval of getting books in electronic format, which people in the accessibility office were very upset about. But honestly, everyone did their best. Was it perfect? No, but it, you know, did everything that I needed and it was fine. I mean, it could have been a lot better, but it was good. I got a lot of my classes done, um, a philosophy class, some other things. It was good. And it worked out really well because my dad worked in Springfield and he would take me every day that I had class. Sometimes I would have class two days a week. Some days I would have it three days a week. And others I would just go there five days a week and on the days I didn't have class, I would just work on homework um, and study and do other things like that. Um, so he would take me and he would have to go to Clark State, which is on the other side of Springfield. And so he would drop me off and um, I would stay there and do my classes and eat lunch in the cafeteria and just hang out there until my dad picked me up. And then I would leave and go home every day and work on homework. And then on the days when I didn't have class and that I wasn't going in, I would just stay home and do homework. And uh, it worked out really well. Um, so I did that for about two years. I know one summer I took a couple of summer classes. I hated it. I really didn't like it. I hate summer classes. I 
wanted to enjoy my summers off because I know you don't get those when you're working. So right. it was just kind of, yeah, it was kind of frustrating. And also at the time we had just gotten puppies and um, I loved it because I would come home and I would see our dogs and they would just be so excited to see me. And it was just adorable. A good reason to just come home every day and just, I always tell people that when I move out of my house and get an apartment or house or get married or something like that, I'm always going to have some sort of dog. A house is just so lonely without it. Exactly. So after Clark State, um, I decided to my very last, like very last or next to last semester, I decided to take an official tour of Cedarville. Um, I went, I had been to Cedarville, I think once before that, I think for some sort of conference or something like that. So I took a tour and I met um, a worship professor and she was super sweet and I got to sing with her. She still is super sweet. <laughs> um, I got to sing with her and um, it was really fun. And she told me about this worship for 24 conference. And I'm like, Ooh, that's really nice. But is it really expensive? Cause I don't really have a ton of money to be paying a gazillion dollars for a conference. And she's like, we'll tell you what, um, you're going to come for free and I'm going to find you a place to sleep. And I'm just like, Oh, you're amazing. Like, seriously, that's so great. <laughs> so she did. And it worked out really well. This was after my tour and I just had a really good experience at Cedarville. Um, I went for my tour and I was really nervous because being a Christian school, I knew that they wouldn't get government funding, which doesn't really matter to me. But at the same time, I was nervous because I felt like I was not going to get the academic support that I was going to need, especially in regards to accommodations. Right. Um, but the disabilities compliance coordinator really put my mind um, at ease with everything. And um, so that was really, really good. And um, I was really happy about that. And um, I told her, I'm just like, listen, I don't know everything. So you're going to have to be patient with me. And I'll be patient with you as we try to figure out all these things and um no so that that was really good um I got I called the day before and asked if I could get chapel lyrics and I did which was really really good um and so everyone was just super friendly and accommodating and just really great and just really went out of their way to like help me and make sure that I had a good visit and really answered all my questions that I had which was really, really, really good. Um, so I did the attend the Worship for 24 conference, and that also kind of just sealed my decision to come to Cedarville. And so that was a really good way for me to get exposure and to see how does the worship part, the worship sector of the music and worship department do things and things like that. So I applied to Cedarville. And I got in, and then in, I believe it was February of 2015, I auditioned for the Music and Worship Department and got some really nice scholarships and uh, got in, and that was really good. Um, and so I was really excited. I took up my dorm. I had a roommate that I'd met, um, really nice person. And so everything was great. I can say, just to kind of wrap this question up, I had overall a really good time at Cedarville. It was not perfect. 
and nothing is ever perfect. Exactly. Um, I've had a lot of good memories at Cedarville. Um, the hardest thing has been the pandemic with COVID-19 and just everything being postponed and all this stuff. And it's just been really crazy. But all of the memories, especially the good ones, really outweigh the bad. I remember just being in tutoring, crying over something with math. And I, you know, just had to do all these different math courses and just talking with a bunch of people about just day-to-day things. And sometimes I hate being blind and sometimes this isn't fair and just a lot of different things. I had a lot of professors in my Bible minor classes, which for every student at Cedarville, you were required to have a Bible minor. Um, that really just kind of like tried, at least to the best of their ability, right. to um, to really like answer my big life questions. Um, I don't know if they always did a good job, but they are not God. And so I really kind of appreciated like all the different uh, life experiences, all the good talks, the few kicks in the butt sometimes, <laughs> right. um, just all the good, all the good times, just going into our academic enrichment center and just venting about a professor who was not willing to work with me and just not have things accessible. Um, it was really strange to give up my reins a little bit to have people advocate for me rather than me advocate for myself. Um, but it just really shows the care and compassion that a Christian community should have and to look out for other people. Um, in, I think it's Philippians two, it talks about how we should be looking out for other people's interests, um, rather than our own. And, um, so I think Cedarville does a really good job with that. And, um, just the times being in chapel, um, you know, even just having friends outside of my circle of friends who are blind that can just, hey, you have a stain on your shirt or, hey, you have toothpaste on your face or right. something like that. Um, and even just like having shenanigans, you know, going to Taco Bell at like two in the morning, um, you know, staying out for curfew, going to Bill's and having a late night Bill's run. Bill's Donuts is amazing. I would highly recommend you go. It's in Centerville. It's so good. Um, just a lot of different things, um, scanning people into our cafeteria, getting endless amounts of coffee at our coffee shop on campus and dreaming of one day when there would be a Chick-fil-A sad that I will not see that come to fruition because it will be built, finished, built, it will be, uh, finished by summer, which I'm very excited. So no, all in all, it was a great, um, experience at Cedarville, um, I don't agree with everything there, but who doesn't? And you can't put a price tag on the Christian community. I do wish that Cedarville were a little cheaper, but you got to figure they're also a private school. So, but also because of that financial aid was a lot more open and willing to work with people. And I just really thought that was a blessing. They helped me in some really crazy times. And so I'm super, super thankful. Um, I'm going to miss all of my profs and all of my friends, not the homework, obviously. <laughs> Who misses um, it? Really? Right. Who misses homework? I know. I know. It's been so weird trying to do homework amidst this 
pandemic and staying at home. It's just really odd. Um, I can imagine. But no, yeah, but no, it was, I'm just, I'm going to miss everything and everyone about it, but hopefully I will be back in October for um, our homecoming and parents weekend when they will be celebrating in the class of 2020. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if I will be able to be back because I had an internship lined up for the summer. And unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, it fell through due to the coronavirus and the pastor not wanting to be held liable for potentially getting someone sick, which is unfortunate because it was a fantastic internship. I'm looking for internships currently right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they say no. I've had some no's because of the pandemic, but I'm praying, hoping, crossing every extremity that I can that my internship in Florida will work out as planned, but in the fall. And the upside will be that I will be able to get to celebrate my birthday on the beach, which will be fantastic. Sounds like it. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Going back to OSSB after Mm -hmm. we went away from OSSB. (laughs) um, Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) It's all right. I went that way. I went that direction. Um, But we can go back. (laughs) Were you only in marching band or were you in choir as well? No, I was in choir as well. Um, Actually, that was one of the other things I wanted to talk about. Um, in your first episode with um, Mrs. Aguilar, um, I remember her, and it took her jogging my memory to remind me of this. When we went to Disney, I think it was Disneyland, I think it was. Disneyland. Yeah, because Disney- Disneyland is in California and Disney World's in Florida. Right? Yep. Okay. Um, I always get the two mixed up. Um, so I remember going there and we had this really cool jazz session with this trombonist. It was really fantastic. That was really fun. Um, and then our choir performing and me, Misty Hatcher, Sam Shepard and Julian Brooks sang with one voice. And it was just really, really cool. I think that song is a really great song that harnesses the, capacity and the importance of community and that we have this one voice and that we can show people that we are strong and resilient and that we can show people the capabilities of those people with disabilities and um yeah it's a a great song i wish we would have recorded it somehow (laughs) because right it was it was great i i love that song and i remember hearing the song actually on an old OSSB CD that I used to have. And it was with the varsity choir with um, Shawana Griffin and Lacey Hughes. Now she's Lacey Hughes Miller and a bunch of other people. And that was really fun too, but it was, it was, it was a great time. It sounds like it. Um, We went to Disney world and the Outback bowl at the beginning of this year before all oh. this thing blew up. Yes. That was And a, then y'all went to the beach. I was so jealous. Like, you guys went to this, and then you went to the beach, and I'm like, what, <laughs> you guys? Come on now. Seriously? Right. And Oh, the, man. So fun, though. Oh. Yeah, it was fun. 
I went mm-hmm. along as the photographer and social media specialist, so I didn't play. Aww. I've graduated from marching band uniform to assistant uniform. So nice, which felt extremely That's weird. Awesome. So, did you actually have a specific uniform that you had to wear, or um, could you just wear whatever you wanted? For the parade, I was in the red jacket and black slacks, white shirt. And black tie that we typically wear. And Got it. for anything else, it was just whatever I packed. <laughs> okay. Nice. So you really had some freedom to just kind of express yourself in that way. That's cool. Right. And nice. I was on banner, so I didn't have to guide anybody. Oh, cool. Nice. So you were kind of just the caboose of everything then. Or were people behind you? They were behind the banners. Or, yeah, they were behind the banner. So we were the leaders. Oh, okay. So the band was behind you guys. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Very cool. Okay. Nice. And then. That's awesome. Yep. And then after, well, going into my, after I graduated from OSSB, I got, or I went to the Ohio Media School in Whitehall for television and radio broadcast. And after that, it was a nine-month nine program, so about the mm-hmm. same time as high school. And I graduate, graduated from OSSB in May of 16, and I graduated mm-hmm. from the media school in March of 17. So <laughs> it was a short time. But anyways. Wow. Yeah. So do you have like an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree or what do you have? Um, I'm honestly not sure. Or is sure. it like a certificate or? It's a cert, I think it's a certificate of, I'm not exactly sure what it's called. <laughs> hmm. It's a diploma okay, of nice. some sort. Okay, fantastic. And after I graduated, I got a job at WMR, WMRN up here in Marion. And worked there from May seven or May of seventeen until January of this year, when they let all of us part timers go. Unfortunately. Oh man! So did you get paid, or did they not have enough money in their budget to pay you guys? Um, they were restructuring the company, so they laid off all the part time employees and <laughs> are doing doing our jobs without us. Granted, uh, we didn't really have a job other than to run local sports like high school football games and basketball games. They had taken away gotcha. the running of the Indians. Well, we had, up until we stopped running NASCAR, we had mm-hmm. high school sports and NASCAR to run. Nothing else. We didn't run OSU anything, Indians or the Bengals. They took all the, oh, okay. all the pre all the syndicated sports away from us from running. So Oh man, wow. They automated it and Gotcha. Since then I've been working on this or the podcast, which was started before they let us go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And thankfully, WMRN is hosting this my podcast for me, so 
there's oh little... wow so they have so they're like hosting it on their servers then or they're hosting like it their on or something they're hosting it on their uh station spreaker account so oh very nice cool so yeah but wow that's great at least i have time to do well time to do <laughs> whatever i want now now that i can't do anything that because the whole pandemic but yeah it's kind of a nice problem to have but at the same time it's like what are you gonna do but then it's like on the flip side it's like i have so much to do i don't know where to start right and then there's yeah. the other flip side where you don't have anything to do <laughs> And you're and just you, bored and, and so you crazy find, and want to go you, do something. Right. And you try to find stuff to do. So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is where I wish I could drive. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. Me neither. Be nice if I could, but. <laughs> I oh, can't. I know. Same. I envy my little sister. She has a car. She's 17 and drives and goes to see her friends and hangs out. And she has a part time job now. She didn't for a while because of the pandemic. Um, but yeah, but I try to do nice things for her too, and it's 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 fine. So, right now, back to OSSB. I keep getting sidetracked, but that's all right. Um, oh, no problem. When you walked into OSSB for the first time or first couple times, did you get that mm -hmm. overall sense of family feeling? In some ways, yeah. I think the biggest thing was I really appreciated that there were people that were around me that were just like me. Um, being the only blind person in my town, I felt really isolated. I'd come to terms with my blindness because of the NFB. I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard just because being blind is not always fun and positive and, Rainbows, rainbows and unicorns. But, right. I 100% um, agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think the, the sense of family and just blind people that I could ask questions of um, and just students that have the same or similar experiences as me. I think the only thing that I was really upset about for at least the first maybe year or so was that I didn't understand how certain people had more vision than me and I just felt extremely upset by all the varying degrees of vision that lots of different people had um, but now that I am older I've come to realize that it's just a part of life and it doesn't make you any more special or any more important um, it's a part of who you are but it shouldn't define you in any way shape or form right exactly mm -hmm. and hmm, anything you'd like to give any advice or words of wisdom that you'd that you'd give to the 2020 graduating class whether it be for ossb or anybody in general oh man um if I had to give one piece of advice, I would say that you only fail if you quit. Um, failure is a really hard option. I've had a lot of that um, at Cedarville and 
just in my life in general. And I would always go back to, oh, I'm not good of a person because I didn't make this or I didn't get this particular grade or something like that. Or like, I'm such a failure and you're only a failure if you quit. And sometimes it takes you a little bit longer to try to find your niche and your place. Um, And so I think just stay the course and don't give up. I know that's really cliche. And, you know, you can be who you want to be if you're blind or sighted or have any specific disability. Um, But I think just don't let other people define you like you are your own best advocate for what you need and what you want. And it's important to stand up for yourself and important to ask for what you want. People may say no, or they may laugh at you because of what you're doing or how you're doing what you're doing, but that shouldn't really matter to you because ultimately you are in control of your future and no one else is. And I've really, I'm really starting to see that a lot as I'm transitioning into um, graduating here in a few months and moving out on my own, uh, doing my internship and just applying for work, not sure what my future plans are. If I'm going to go to grad school, haven't really decided. Part of me wants to take some time off, Um, you know, got to find a good job and pay off my student loans and just all the different things take one day at a time and I'm going to take one bite of the elephant at a time. Um, it's progress, whatever you decide to do and don't beat yourself up and don't compare yourself or your life to other people's lives because everyone has a different story and they're all moving at their own different paces. Just because you're moving slower than someone else doesn't mean that you're really bad or you're really far off. It just means that you're still trying to find your place. And sometimes it just may take a while. And that's really hard. And I know that's just kind of cliche sort of advice. But I just feel like a lot of, I just feel like everyone really needs to hear that personally, not just the class of 2020. Right. Um, I but agree. just anyone in their lives. I agree. Anything else you'd like to add about your OSSB experience that you didn't touch on or? Um, I would say that it was just a good experience. Um, I really appreciated all the different orientation and mobility lessons with Mr. Northrup and um, just people who really helped me to be a better person and just the different summer camps and all the experiences I had. So thank you to everyone who made it what it was. And um, I'm sure that OSSB will continue to be a great school and a great asset for years to come for many students. Right. And is there any advice that you have for people thinking about sending their blind or visually impaired student to OSSB? I would say don't listen to just one side of the spectrum. My mom 
almost listened to the horror stories about OSSB. Um, thankfully, she didn't. She's a very well-rounded person, and she takes things with a grain of salt and really just tries to look at things from different perspectives rather than just one perspective that someone has. So I would just say, if nothing else, if you, even if you don't send your child to OSSB, I would still go and just observe, do a multi-factored evaluation, do something, talk with people, because if you don't go to OSSB, chances are that they could give you some advice or some different ways of approaching your school for your child's IEP. And if that doesn't work and your child still falls behind or does not receive the proper accommodations like I did, then yes, I would highly recommend going to um, the School for the Blind. I would recommend it too. It's definitely one of my favorite places to go back to and visit. It's Yeah, so much, yeah. It's my so much home away changed. from home. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, so much has changed since I left. Um, I remember going in 2014 to um, the help out at the Braille Enrichment for Literacy and Learning Academy that we had at the time right. at the School for the Blind and just walking in and I'm just like, whoa, this is like so much different. And even just going upstairs and looking at where Mr. Kelly's new office is, it's not like you go upstairs and it's right there. No, 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 no. It's like... This is all so weird and just so different and it just blows my mind. Right. That's what happens when you get a new building. <laughs> I guess, which I haven't really seen the new building or heard anything about past administration or anything like that. I've been catching up on your podcast and hearing about a uh, certain person that only stayed for a year and I don't really know much about. So, Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I am out of stuff to ask. <laughs> um, stand by. I'm going to wrap it up, and then we can chat for a couple minutes after. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being on. It's been an honor and a great privilege. Thank you for being on. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you have any uh, anybody who you think would like to be on, send them my way. <laughs> I will. I can't think of anyone right now at this point, um, but I can do some digging and see. That's that's quite all right. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, stand by. I'm gonna wrap it up, and we'll chat after. So. Sure. Thanks for joining us this week on the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for OSSB Inside and Out Podcast. We're there. We're the only ones. Um, make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for being on this episode, Macy. And we will see you, or until then, or until next time, bye for now. That's all, folks.
Thanks for joining us this week on OSSB Inside and Out. Make sure to follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for OSSB Inside and Out Podcast. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Thank you for listening.